Hello, welcome to the Asian Dating Podcast. Today I have Jade, who is a certified matchmaker and dating expert. She founded Dating After Divorce to provide divorced men and women with the effective tools, communication, and insight it takes to find a worthwhile partner. Jade offers coaching, dating profile assistance, and matchmaking services. She is the only matchmaking firm out there that focuses exclusively on divorce men and women. She helps singles dating after divorce go from the love life they have to the one they want. So welcome to the show, Jade. How are you? Hi, May. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit about your business and how you started it and why you started it. I'm sure you have to tell a little bit about your personal um, information, but yeah, tell us how you started this business that is exclusively for divorced men and women. Yeah. So I started dating after divorce as actually a date coaching company to focus on divorced men. Um, I'm divorced myself. My now husband was divorced and we noticed that there was a large uh, absence of support for men who were divorced and trying to date again, right? There's a lot of female-led empowerment for for getting back out there, but I felt like when it came to the men, there were kind of crickets. Um, And so I started date coaching for men and then women started to come uh, to me. And after we did the date coaching, they were like, well, Jade, like, can you help me a little bit more? Like, what about dating? And so it naturally progressed into matchmaking. So, I myself am divorced. Uh, I know what it's like to get back out there and kind of be like, what the hell is happening? Excuse me. (laughs) Um, And it can be scary. And there's a lot of advice for those when they're dating in college. And then I wanted to work with people who just kind of needed a helping hand that felt like a third party that wasn't biased. Our friends and family are well-intentioned, but they're probably not the best people to go to for for our love life. So I wanted to provide a, a safe um, and inclusive space to help people get back out there. So the men who come to you, they work with you for how long before they feel like they're ready to get out there in the dating world? Yeah. So that's a great question. So my company, it's a boutique matchmaking company, but we also do things like date coaching, running people's dating profiles and matchmaking. So it really depends on where they are in that dating after divorce process. So if someone's still going through the separation process and they're a bit scared to say download their first dating app or just don't feel like they have the confidence, I work with them for about six to eight weeks doing date coaching. Uh, For running our clients' dating profiles, it's usually about three months. And then for matchmaking, I do it um, per match. So I usually cap it out at like six to eight months, but it's more about quality over quantity for matchmaking. That's interesting that you started helping the men first out there, right? And then the women slowly came to you. I actually started helping women first and then the men came to us, but then now- I mainly help men who wants to meet an Asian woman and the men are the paying clients and the women join my database for free. But that's interesting that you already started helping men out first. So is it easier to help men or women in your opinion? 
I love that. And May, I know you know this as a dating expert and matchmaker, but it's it's so interesting if we're speaking about like heteronormative couples and all the women are like, oh, it, dating app sucks, dating sucks. It's all the, the men are terrible at dates. And then when you talk to, to straight men, they're like, oh, women are terrible at dating. Dating sucks for me, right? So everyone sees the grass is greener on the other side of of dating, everyone else has it easier, but I think everyone has their own challenges uh, when it comes to dating. One of the things I recommend for anyone dating after divorce, and I am not a certified therapist, but I think everyone should have a certified therapist um, or a mental health specialist after their divorce, because a lot of times people just throw themselves into a new relationship as opposed to addressing maybe some responsibility they had in that that marriage ending. <laughs> so do you talk them through it kind of like a therapist, but, or do you say, I'm not going to touch on some deep issues. You need to sign up for a therapist yourself. Like uh, how do you draw the line? Yeah. So I, I, I'm not giving any medical health advice. I'm here to help you build confidence and put yourself in new situations and date different types of people after your divorce. But I always um, I always recommend whether someone my client or someone just viewing my social media or getting my newsletter is that it's necessary to work through things to get to that next chapter. Like a divorce can be a terrible thing, but it can also be a gift in that we're allowed to take a step back, reevaluate what we want this next chapter to look like. And you can't make the best of this next chapter if you're just repeating the same things that you did previously. Um, so there's always room for growth and room for change for the better. Um, so I recommend a therapist and working with a dating specialist. <laughs> so you've been doing this for about five years now, right? And we talked about matchmaking and date coaching and all that. So what are some things that you found that has really helped you uh, after your divorce to get back out there and dating that you're implementing by teaching your clients that what are some key things that really helped you aside from, you know, hiring a therapist? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Everyone should have a therapist. Um, so I started my company three years ago, but the reason why I wanted to help people is just because I felt like there wasn't a lot of support out there. Right. So when I was dating after a divorce, I made plenty of mistakes, May. <laughs> I, what uh, kind was... of mistakes? Tell me, what kind of mistakes? <laughs> I, was, I was a serial dater. I hadn't worked through my issues of resentment from the divorce. I kind of just thought that I was the complete package. And so everyone should just accept me as I am. I went out on so many dates per week. Um, so these are just things that I try and address beforehand with my clients. Um, I didn't have a strong sense of boundaries before my divorce. It's something I really worked on um, through therapy and also just through my own coaching and working with, with hundreds of singles because boundaries are something that unless we learn from our parents, we have to kind of learn on our own as adults, right? And I talk to my clients about setting healthy boundaries, about knowing um, what they will and won't deal with moving forward. Um, we work through things like that as well as deal breakers, because as you know, if you're dating and you meet someone amazing, if you don't have these things selected out, you might make concessions 
that will come to bite you in the butt later on <laughs> if you don't think through them before. Um, I also started dating outside of my my typical type uh, after my divorce because I usually um, went for uh, long-haired macho men that didn't have great jobs <laughs> and that hadn't been working, right? Um and so I was just dating any and all different types of people to try and learn more about myself and, and what was working. And so that's one of the reasons I, I suggest that for clients as well as dating different types of people they might've not gone out with before. So you ended up remarried, right? Is your husband now very different than your normal type? Well, my husband is my best friend, my favorite person in the world. It like gets me teary eyed when I, I think about us, us working out. Um, but yeah, so he is, he's tall and very intelligent and handsome and, um, so funny and so sarcastic. <laughs> Our first date, it was just us being sarcastic to each other for the whole date. And I told him, I was like, I don't know if I want to kiss you or smack you um, but there was this rapport, this this kind of interest um, that wasn't there with other people. And so I don't know if you encourage your clients to do this, May, but our first date was actually terrible. My my now husband and I's first date. Um, and I gave it two or three dates to figure out if I was, was interested in seeing it through or not. Um, and date three is when I realized, oh crap, I think I'm, I'm, I'm really gonna <laughs> like, like this guy. Oh no, I'm in, in deep. So that's one of the reasons I encourage people to go on multiple dates because you don't really know. You're kind of nervous on the first date. Um, what is your thought? What are your thoughts on that, May? How do you recommend? I think clients? it's great that you gave him two or three dates because you could have easily said, you know what, after the first date, you're like, no, I'm not interested. I don't think he's going to be, you know, someone long-term, but the fact that you said, you know what, maybe I'll see him again. Maybe I'll see him again on the third date. Like, I feel like a lot mm -hmm. of the clients that I work with don't give someone a chance to go to the third date, fourth date, fifth date. They just find things wrong with people. It's like, don't try to find things wrong with somebody. Try to find the <laughs> find things that are right about them and give them a chance. I um yeah, when I used to uh date when I was single, mm -hmm. I would also be too judgmental right away and not really want to date somebody if they didn't fit, you know, the parameters that I was searching for, but I just feel like if someone meets 80% of your criteria, then you should give them a chance, like find reasons to connect instead of try to find reasons to disconnect. So that's awesome. Yeah. So um, how long did you wait before you started dating again after your divorce? I would say about six, seven months is, is what I took myself. But that's a question that I get asked a lot, May, and you might as well, um, working with singles, is how long should I wait? And that's one of those things that. I can give you an amount of time, but it's going to be different for each person, right? Um, and there are certain states that require you to take a cooling off period after your separation or divorce. You might have like a messy prolonged divorce. Um, so it really depends on who you are, what situation you're dealing with, and if you're actually emotionally ready uh, to move forward. So that's that's a question I get often is, 
how do I know when I'm ready to date? And um, I, there's three things that are signs that you might be ready to move forward. Um, one is you've let go of the past and you're no longer dwelling on that, that sense of uh, disappointment and like remorse for what could have been for your relationship. Uh, two is you have a strong sense of self. So you know who you are and what you want, your desires and your boundaries. Um, and you feel confident in yourself, putting yourself out there. And the third one is you're excited about the prospect of meeting someone new. And when you're dating for the first time after a divorce, uh, something I recommend to, to do when you're meeting new people is not evaluating on a date. Is this my forever person or not? Because who can live up to those expectations? I probably can't. I don't know. Maybe you can, May. You're great. Um, but what I want you to do is when you sit down and meet this new person, it's what can I learn about them? This is a new exchange I would have never been able to have if I was still in a, a miserable marriage or my, my last relationship. Um, so looking at a new opportunity to meet new and exciting people as opposed to are they checking, are they meeting this checklist or not? Yeah. No, I think you've nailed it. Like those three criteria or three things to think about before they feel like they're ready. And I tell clients the same thing. It's like, okay, you know, you're ready to date when you could talk about your ex and not be bitter about it and be so like you want <laughs> revenge or you yes. still talk about them so negatively that it impacts how you feel about meeting someone for the future. Like if you can talk about them in a neutral sense and be okay with it and not get teary eyed when you're talking to me about it and mm -hmm. also be excited, like you said, about the future, like, you know what, I'm curious about who I'll be meeting in the future. If, you know, would she be a blonde? Yeah. Would she be a brunette? Like if you're curious about what's out there on top of not being bitter about your ex then I feel like, okay, you might be ready to meet somebody and be ready to explore and see who's out there. So that's a good, um, those are good three things that you said. I like it. I like it. So what else? And then what I else? think that you should also, <laughs> uh, last part of that, May, is that like you're allowed to put yourself out there in a new situation and realize that you're just not quite ready. You're a human being and, and maybe that first time might might be chaos the first time might be a, a disaster but you're human you're allowed to make mistakes so be be easy on yourself be gentle and take time to reevaluate if the first one doesn't go well take a step back and see what you need to address before getting back out there yeah i also like to tell clients that let's say they were very happy in their marriage and then the other partner wanted to split up in order for you to get over that quicker. If you invite someone else on a date, try not to go to the same spots that you have all these great memories with mm -hmm. your ex, because that could be sad for you and it could affect your current date. So you should branch out and go to new places and do different things. So you're not constantly comparing your great uh, ex-wife to your current date and have that kind of comparison. So you want to do new things and go to new places and have new experiences and new memories um, with your new partner or a new date. So yeah, I try to discourage them from going to the same spots that they have such great cherished memories at 
but to create new experiences. Yeah, that's a great piece of advice, May. And then also, um, I don't know if you suggest this for people who, who are dating after divorce, May, but I have clients practice their response as to why their divorce didn't work out. Oh, um, because like otherwise. an answer, like a role play. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What do you do? What do you do? I, <laughs> I do role playing because otherwise some people get nervous and they, and they word vomit and they, they want to be uh, transparent and, and tell the truth. But sometimes the truth is a little too much on a first date. Um, so I usually have them practice the, the response before going out on their first dates after divorce. And I tell them to usually just keep it very general and simple. If someone asks, be like, um, they were a great person. They were just not my person. Um, and I wish them nothing but the best. Um, so finding a, a, a version of that that feels good to say um, is a great way of responding to that, to that answer that we might get on a date. Because your ex might have been a snake in the grass. They might have been the worst person you've ever met. But that's just not some, that's not the energy you want to bring into the first exchange with someone. I agree. I agree. So mm -hmm. if it didn't work out, not only for divorced couples, but also for anybody who's out there talking about their ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend, right? They can say, no, my ex-boyfriend was six months ago and he was a great guy. He just wasn't a great guy for me. And I yep. wish him nothing but the best. I mean, he was smart. He was funny. It just, we just didn't click that well, or he just wasn't my forever person. But I learned a lot in that relationship. I really feel like, um, you know, I learned a little bit about myself or something like, like that. Yeah. Okay. These, no, I think these are great things. I think try and just answer that question if they, if they feel the need to ask that on the first date answer it, keep it simple, um, and move on. Cause really this is just about seeing if you're interested in this person or not. Right. Um, and I always suggest a second or third date, unless the person made you feel unsafe, uh, or they offended you to the extent that they can't explain themselves. <laughs> and, and I say that because a lot of people we're all coming from different backgrounds, like different socioeconomic classes, everything. Right. Um, so if someone might say something and mean no, no malice, no malicious intent, but you might take it being like, well, that was rude. Instead, you can be like, oh, what did you mean by that? Or can you explain that further? Right. Um, right. Let's not yeah. take it to the next level. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I read somewhere that you can always ask, start a question out with the words, what, as mm -hmm not to say, well, why didn't you do this? That sounds like accusatory, but it's like, what did you mean by that? Like, that sounds better than, you know, kind of accusing someone. And I actually started doing that with my husband. Like if he would say something to me and I didn't understand, instead of saying, why did you say that? Or, you know, why did you do that? It sounds so <laughs> accusatory, but I changed the framing of my sentences. And I would say, what do you mean by that? So it just sounds better, right? By starting a right. with the word what, starting a question with the word what. So um, anyway, getting backtracked 100%. here. So yeah, um, I mean, that's applicable. <laughs> so when you, when a um, newly divorced person goes out on a date, 
do you prep them before they go? Do you talk to them beforehand just to give them a pep talk as a matchmaker or what, what do you do to help your clients? Is this for, for coaching or, or, or matchmaking? Clients? Both, both. It really, yeah. So it really depends. So I, I always try and be supportive if they need like a quick phone call before to like go over things, whether it's talking points or things they might be nervous about. Even like, um, I had a gentleman, I think he was in Alabama and he had got out of a 25 year marriage and it was his first date in 25 years. And he was like, well, should I pay for the, the valet, Jade? Like, what, what should I do? So I try and make people feel as comfortable as possible beforehand. Um, but we do things like we go over outfits, whatever makes them feel more comfortable. Sometimes I have a personal stylist. Sometimes I recommend some things like um, a men's company that I collaborate with. Um, so I just want to make them feel as confident and comfortable as possible because I don't know, it, it can be really scary going on that first day. <laughs> Yeah, it can. I mean, when we first started talking about your business and how dating after divorce can be really nerve wracking, but especially for men that they don't have the social group that they can just talk about their feelings and to iron out what happened in their marriage and things like that. I would think a man hiring a date coach such as yourself would be such an advantage just for them to talk about their feelings and what happened in their marriage versus just keeping it all bottled up. And, and that is a good, uh, a good question to ask guys, because you know, the women are going to ask them on the date, like, so what happened to your marriage? Like, tell me a little bit about what happened between you and your ex-wife and kids and stuff. And if they don't practice answering that question, they could stumble on it and also yeah. tell that woman too much info that might be, you know, discouraging for her to go on a second date. So I just think right. that's so valuable to have someone to talk to about this kind of stuff. Um, I, I completely agree, May. And you know, it's something I didn't realize until starting this company um, that my husband had mentioned in passing is that there were so many men that kind of lose their social circle throughout um becoming married and then also divorced, right? Whether it's those couple friends um, and men are just, there's statistics. I don't have them ready for our podcast, but um, single men don't have as many friends as a lot of single women. Um, and so getting back out there, you might just feel completely lonely and lost. And so that's why one thing I suggest for date coaching clients, especially is to work on your social network as well. Like use this chapter as a way of doing new hobbies, new ath like athletic stuff, new classes. Um, there might be an amazing single woman or man there for you, or you could just meet a bigger group of your social network. So making your life more full is actually making it your life more inviting for someone to come in, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, you can never go wrong with more friends, right? I mean, I have different friends that I go running with, different friends that I sew with, different friends that I hike with, different friends mm -hmm. that I eat with. So there's all these different groups that you can have just to make yourself even more interesting, right? Because who wants to date a guy and he just puts all of his social responsibility on you? Like you guys are just, you have to do everything together. I've, I've never right. dated a guy like that where we did everything together. That's just, 
too much pressure for me. So. Yeah, it's too much pressure on your potential partner, but it's also too much pressure on yourself, right? Like you're putting all your eggs in that basket. And if that's your marriage that ended, then you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, I don't have anybody. So that's why I su- I suggest looking at it as an opportunity to reevaluate and change because we're never too old to to change is the way that I see it. To improve is the better way. Um, the divorced men that come to you, do they generally want to date women that are up to their age as their second time around? Or are they still looking for men? I mean, still looking for women that are younger, significantly younger or no? I love this question, May. Um, so as a the owner of a boutique matchmaking firm uh, and date coaching uh, firm, I think what's beautiful is that we can choose who we work with, right? Um, I, I'm only taking on confi- or clients I feel confident I can, I can help, uh, whether it's through one of those services or not. So I don't work with, personally, I don't work with men who want to date like a 20-year age gap um, because I don't feel like that's, that's equal, right? We're all getting different things from a relationship. I usually take on clients that are open to like a 10-year age gap. Um, of course, there are wonderful exceptions outside of that. But I feel like as you start getting outside of the 10 years, it becomes more um, imbalanced. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it's also a little bit cultural. At least I know a lot of uh, men that I work with, they do want to date Asian women that are five years younger, 10 years, 15, sometimes 20. Yes. Mm -hmm. Do I have men that are in their sixties and seventies and want to date 20 years younger? Yes, I do. I do get them Uh, a few. um, But I also would take them on if a, they look young, B they're still active and C they also uh, admit that they're also open to dating women a little bit older. So not just 20 years younger, but hopefully they're open to also 10 years younger. Um, Right. And there are exceptions to each age range, right? There's like, there are six-year-olds that look like they're in their early forties that are in better shape than people in their forties. So there are always exceptions. Um, But I think we've all come across those individuals who want certain things that um, let's say it's a, overweight man in his 60s who looks 60s who wants supermodels but doesn't want to be dated for his money (laughs) oh those are my favorite (laughs) that happens yeah I uh yeah yeah that absolutely happens (laughs) yeah I uh I guess it depends there are also some women that are open to dating a lot older because they want that kind of lifestyle where they want you know, so I guess it depends, but yeah, I, I try not to take on somebody who wants a huge, huge age gap unless there's a really good reason for it. But, um, but yeah, it, it happens. In my marriage, it's a a nine year age gap. And I think that once you, what I ask people may is because like I said, there's exceptions to everything. I just ask them like, what do you think if you're going for like 17 year age gap like what what are you going to have in common with that person like after that year period wears off like are you going to agree on certain things is your lifestyle going to align are your core values going to align 
Um, is one of you going to want to have a kid in four years when you change your mind? Oh, well, I kind of feel like the men who want significantly younger women is they maybe just can't get excited sexually if they don't, you know, date somebody that is so young. I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't even know. I mean, it depends. Like maybe they just, I mean, this is a pretty rated R show, so we're not going to talk about rated X stuff, but um, yeah, I, yeah. Or they just want them to look a certain way or want them to look young. It's like, maybe they think, oh, I used to be in my forties and I found women in their forties attractive, but then they forgot that they are now 70 and that a 40 year old might not want to date a 70 year old. So, but yeah, I mean, in, in certain ways, I think some aspects are easier for women to date and vice versa. Right. I will say that in my experience of matchmaking and being a dating coach, that for men that are older, it is sometimes easier for them to have larger options of women than, than if the roles were reversed. Um, because a lot of societies have normalized younger women dating older men. Um, when in reverse, it's, it's not as normalized, right? So I had a client in DC who's 50. We just finished our contract, but I think we're renewing. Um, she's, she just turned 51 and she wants to date men in their forties because she's very active, great lifestyle. Looks like she's in her forties. Um, so it kind of just depends, like having to evaluate kind of where you are in the dating market is something that's, that's kind of taboo to talk about, but it is kind of like what you're bringing to the table. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, so what else, what else about divorced men that you can speak upon to help the audience out there any, any other tips that you can give to help the men dating after divorce be more successful out there online yeah i think that if you choose to date online and, and use dating apps i think a lot of men um don't make their dating profiles for the viewer if they're dating women i don't think a lot of them keep in mind what like a woman might want to see or a woman finds attractive right and that's one of the reasons why you see these things like hunting photos with dead animals and fish photos uh from your your trip to the golf with your buddies that's great that you have friends and you have a sport but the women also want to see you in in different aspects um of your life and also don't take those photos from below your chin, gentlemen, or or with a dirty, a dirty bathroom photo, <laughs> or so, next to a urinal. The list goes on, May. <laughs> what uh, what type of photos do women want to see from a divorced man? Yeah, they want to know what you look like. They want they want it to be a recent photo. They want to see photos that you're not wearing your wedding ring in, um, because that could feel like a red flag, and I've seen that a lot. Um, they want to know that you have a life outside of them. As we talked about, women don't want to be your, your only source of social interaction. Uh, they want to know that you're ambitious about your career, but also do active things, uh, and you're curious about life, maybe travel. If they can see that you're passionate about things that goes a long way as well. So should guys, uh, have photos of them in like a suit to show that they're a professional or that doesn't matter? I think, I mean, in my opinion, and you can agree or disagree, May, I think that 
having one photo of yourself, say at a wedding, preferably not your wedding, <laughs> uh, to show you can like, you can get dressed up, right? You can put on uh, nice clothes at a black tie event and and spruce up and then you can also wear athletic wear and go hiking i think that shows kind of a good variation of someone's lifestyle okay should they have their kids in the photos or pets yeah pets are always i think there's a hinge statistic or it might be one of the other dating apps but dating app photos with pets uh specifically with dogs get a lot more responses um it's actually the opposite with cats uh if women have cats in their photos men are less likely to swipe on them which i found interesting <laughs> um and then for kids i recommend having at least one photo with your children but what i suggest to do is put an emoji over their face um because not everyone say that you're a single parent um, and you say that in your bio. And as you know, May, people are just swiping left and right. They're not reading them. But if you're putting your proud parents and then you're also including a photo with two emojis over your kids' faces, you're going to make sure that the person swiping on you is okay with that because we're trying to eliminate uh, those people that aren't for us as quickly as possible. Do you suggest if you don't have kids not to show any photos of you and a kid in case that might confuse the reader? I don't really have a strong opinion about that. I mean, if you're a proud uncle, say that you're a proud uncle and that's cute. And women, I mean, the women who like kids will like that. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty, I'm Switzerland on that. What about you? What is your opinion on that, May? Um, I feel like people are so busy swiping left and right that if they want someone who doesn't have kids, that you probably shouldn't put a photo of you and a kid if you don't have kids, like it'll just confuse okay. them. But anyway, uh, what are your thoughts on, do you have a lot of men who have kids, but want to date women without kids on their second time around or no? I would say... I don't, I don't have a percentage for you, but a lot of the people that I work with that have kids who are dating after a divorce prefer to date single parents as well. Okay. Um, and that is because most people who have not had children cannot understand the, the time restraint, the responsibility, probably even just like the capacity for love. I don't know. Um, I am just a dog mom, <laughs> but it's just easier for someone that's also a single parent to understand. Um, but with that, you have to make sure that your co-parenting uh, times align. Right, right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, to summarize everything we've talked about or to talk about what you do, what are some last minute tips you can give and then tell us how the listeners can find you? Yeah. Uh, my advice for dating after divorce is work on yourself. This is your time to shine. Uh, go out with different people and enjoy the ride. And you can find me at datingafterdivorce.com or follow me on Instagram for daily tips at dating underscore after underscore D-I-V. And do you work with men all across the U.S. or specific areas? Yeah. So most of my clients are in California and the East Coast, but I have clients throughout the U.S. and then also in parts of Canada. Okay. Is there a certain age range you specialize in? 
Yeah, so I prefer to work with uh, 30 to 55 year olds. Um, if someone's over 60, I can refer them to a trusted colleague. Uh, but those are the age ranges that I work with. Okay, okay, very mm -hmm. good. Well, Jade, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. I love picking your brain. And I feel like you are the only matchmaker I know that specializes uh, and dating coach specializes in dating after divorce, right? So you don't have a whole lot of uh, competition out there with what you do. Uh, no, I have, I have amazing matchmaking and dating expert colleagues. But yeah, as far as I know, I'm the first and only matchmaker to work exclusively with the divorce community. I like that. I like that. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the show. And ladies, if you're listening, I would love for you to fill out a profile with me so I know where to find you in case I have a great guy, whether it's through Jade or someone else that's looking for you. I would love to set you up for free. It's a free resource for women. And I hope you take advantage of that at twoasianmatchmakers.com. And thank you, Jade, for joining me. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you, May. It was a pleasure. Okay, bye.